Hello there, and welcome to the very first episode of Chat with Koinu. I am your host, Koinu, and today we're going to be talking about, uh, not necessarily that new, I think it came out of 2019 if I remember correctly, but it's called Vinland Saga. We're going to be talking about the first episode and my initial thoughts of it. Now, I've watched it, uh, re-watched it before recording this, just so I can refresh my memory a little bit, and just be able to talk to you guys about it. Unfortunately, right now, today, I will be alone, uh, sad face, sad boy hours, but, so... Basically, Vinland Saga, we're going to start with description. Vinland Saga. For a thousand years, the Vikings have made quite a name and reputation for themselves as the strongest families with a thirst for violence. Torfinn, the son of one of the Vikings' greatest warriors, spends his boyhood in a battlefield enhancing his skills in his adventure to redeem his most desired revenge after his father was murdered. Alright, <clears throat> right there. That sounds super cool, does it not? <laughs> okay. So, you got that description now. We're going to be talking about the very first episode. Because that's all I've seen so far. Like I said, I just barely got back into it. Um, I was I watched clips of it there and there uh, before. But right before this, I, I recorded this. We're going to... I rewatched it. And now we're going to go into a little bit of an episode summary. There is going to be spoilers. So, yeah, just be aware. Anyway. <clears throat> In the first episode, we're introduced to pretty much... I guess our main cast, it's going to be uh, Tors, I believe, which is the father of Torfin. Um, so, already right there, he Tor has not died, or Tors, something like that. He has not died in episode one yet. But, as you can see, the description says he will be murdered. So, uh, so we're introduced to Tors, uh, and what seems like his friend in battle, his comrade who they are fighting, it literally the first like two, three minutes of the show, of the episode, starts with Tors and his comrade, I'm going to call him, I, don't, I can't remember his name, if they said his name, and they are on ships fighting, basically it's naval warfare, but in Vikings, so they didn't have cannons or anything, it was archery and swords and shields, pretty much it. So it opens with them too, they are kicking ass, uh, of course Tors goes off on his own, and he literally takes down, like, three boats worth of people at least. And then as he kills one of the last guys, he gets shot in the shoulder with an arrow. And he's just like, like, he's just like, oh, okay. And then he just continues fighting, like, like, what? <laughs> um, so already, these two characters are badass. They are, well, like, just the description says, they are the fiercest warriors. Are the, they are part of the strongest warriors, the strongest greatest warriors they are part of that and for some reason it seems like Tors like uh, like I guess during the whole thing you kind of get the vibe that that Tors is kind of sick of this life at least that, that's like his facial expressions his expression seems like he's a great warrior and he can like he can like mow you down almost instantly or most people instantly but he didn't have that expression like his comrade did, where he's ready for battle. He's ready to fight. He he's, he hungers for it. He didn't give off that vibe. He gives off the vibe with just his facial expressions alone, which it's just like he's tired of it. He wants to, to be done with it. And the reason why that really sticks in my mind is because uh, towards the end of this, this was all before the intro song, by the way, the theme song. Um, towards the end of that battle, like I mentioned, he got shot on the shoulder with an arrow. And then uh, another ship came and attacked him. Literally a ship's worth of people came and attacked him. 
and one of them did seem to overpower him a little bit, as in uh, with an uh, an axe. It looked like a, a two-wheel, two-handed axe. He managed to disarm him of his sword, uh, and then they were fighting and argue, and I was just say arguing. They were fighting, and he was being rushed, but he managed to throw him overboard. But he was taken down with the, the taken down with him overboard, and and okay. So then uh, he manages to escape, of course, and he's uh, he he kills him. He he kills him underwater, and instead of going back on the boat, if he I don't know if he could have. It seems like they might have been they might have been a little bit too high to just like come out of the water and get back on, but I feel like he could have gone back on. Now, anyways, instead of doing that, he decides to swim to shore, and he makes it out alive. But he seems really he seems exhausted. Now I I'm assuming he was quite a ways out at sea, and. That's why he, because he, once he got to shore, he kind of like dropped down to his knees as in like, it seemed like he was about to die, but then he just continued walking. And, and as we learn later, like, it seems like this is the time where he walked away from that life and he wanted a peaceful life because then later on, okay, well the intros, the, the theme music plays and I got to say that song is metal AF, like dude, literally to end the, the theme song. It's, I believe, Torfin, uh, or Torfin, I, I don't know how to pronounce it, Torfin, it's spelled Torfin, like, yeah. Like, at the end, you just hear him give out, like, this, like, kind of blood-curdling scream, it's, it's insane, it's, it's cool, it is dope. Like, I had to, like, normally I skip in, like, uh, like, theme songs, intro songs, but I thought, you know what, I gotta give it a listen, I gotta see what it is, what it's all about, I gotta give it a fair shake. Dude, it is, I, it's, I'm still going to skip it, but it is metal AF, dude. It's it's nice. It's good. And it's in English. Like, like uh, Vinland Saga hasn't hasn't yet been released in dubs, as far as I know. At least I haven't been able to find it. So I was watching it subs. But the song is in English, which is weird. But anyway. So, then, after the intro song, we are introduced to a young blonde boy who turns out to be Torfin. And we are now in 1002, I'm assuming, um, AD or... I did. I don't think it's specified, but we are in 1002 Iceland. So this is years later, uh, and I believe it said like nine, 984 AD was when the battle was taking place before the intro song. I believe. I can't remember. I have to double check that. Um, but so yeah, there's definitely a time skip, and we go, and now we're now he has a family. We find out that that's his son. He has a daughter who is older than Torfin, so it's. She looks to be like a teenager. Anime is hard to tell, but if I had to make an estimate, I'd say 15. You know, she's definitely a teenager. She's she's older. She's older than Torfin, who... Torfin looks to be 10, maybe. Like, yeah, maybe. And then he's, of course, he's married. He seems to be, like, the village chief. Like, it's never been stated, but that's what it seems like. It seems to be like he's the village chief. And... Yeah, like like you get the, you kind of get the feeling that he's the protector, uh, especially because later on I'll, I'll get me mention it to later on. But they told him that he's the only one that could stand up to, I guess the main antagonist of the episode. I don't know about the show, but the episode at least. Uh, so, anyways, the story continues with Leif Erikson. Yeah, Leif Erikson. I guess I believe I'm not too familiar with Leif Erikson, but I've heard it. And I believe he was an explorer. I didn't look into it. I do not remember, but <clears throat> so he's telling stories. About a, about his many adventures, how he left his his home continent, and he he they were in search of a new land. Uh, he didn't specify why. We learn later about why they they were searching 
for new land, but they didn't specify. Now, he said they finally found it, and that this land is beautiful, it is enormous, it has, it's full of grass, it never, the, the ocean never freezes in that area, uh, there, it's, the land is fertile, there, it's warm, because uh, they're in Iceland, so apparently they're cold, um, and what, the ocean freezes over anything. And he said that when he got there, he named it Vinland. That that's where, and so this is like, this seems to be like the, like the paradise. Uh, like if you want to say One Piece, like if you want to compare to One Piece, it seems to be the mythical goal of, uh, in One Piece it's getting to Rafta or Laftow, whatever it is, and finding the One Piece, that seems to be like the mythical legendary uh, area, island, figurehead, and in Vinland Saga it's Vinland. And... <clears throat> So, we hear about this because he's like, he has like, it looks like a good 10, 15 children in front of him. And Leif Erikson seems to be a little bit older. Definitely older than, than, than Taurus, it looks like. Um, but once again, anime, who knows? Uh, and so, and so he's telling the story of his great adventure to Vinland. And how he met the, he met some natives, which, as of right now, it seems to be like America. Um, because they mentioned natives and how they had headdress and they gave him a pipe. Now, I'm not that, or I don't, I don't think I'm well versed in history and at all, but in, I can only ever remember there being like natives when you go to the new land would be that had like headdress and everything would be Africa and like America. The, yeah, the, those two continents. But in the anime, they're not depicted as black. They're, they're like brown skinned pretty much. So, and like, they look like Native Americans, like, like American Native, Native Americans. So I can only, I can only like, like take abstract thought and I'm just going to assume that it's America, but they call it Vinland. Who knows? And so they just the story progresses and everything, and we're given a shot of a slave. Well, it, it turns out to be a slave. You uh, you can pr pretty easy to tell because he has like a chain around his neck, uh, and he collapses at like the side of a building. And it wasn't sure what building it was, but he collapses at the side of a building. And then later on, a little bit later, they're cleaning the roof, and his daughter, whose name is Ilva, Taurus's daughter, whose name is Ilva, falls off the roof because they're cleaning, they're shoveling the snow off the roof, and she falls on top of the slave who's been covered in snow because there was a snowstorm uh, be the night before. So they take him inside, and he's pretty much dead. But they manage to revive him, and and uh, and he's like he's sad. He misses his his mom and his sister because they were. They were also slaves, but they were sold to different places, apparently. That's what, that's what we got in the story. And tourists start telling him about Vinland and about how it is warm. And it's basically describing it as a magical place where he doesn't have to worry about slave traders, about Vikings, about war, about anything. And so the vibe I kind of got from that was that, like, in the story right now, Vinland is can kind of be, like, the equivalent of heaven. Um... And, and that's that's the vibe I'm getting right now. Now, it, like, of course, it's never been stated there. Um, Leif Erikson stated that he's been to Vinland. He's the one that gave Vinland the name. So it has to be a real place. But the way Taurus was talking to the slave about him... <clears throat> oh, sorry. It seemed like it was like a direct comparison to heaven. It was like the, an equivalent to heaven. That's what it seemed like. And... Well, I mean, that that's all I can say. But now, where the conflict arises in this 
in this uh, <clears throat> in this episode. Like I said, the episode, I haven't watched the rest of the series. There's still 23 episodes to go. <laughs> so, but in in this episode, the conflict arises because of the slave. Because he ran away, because he still has a chain around his neck. He ran away, and and Ilva, the, his daughter, basically wants to say, give him back, we don't want any... Because uh, they find out that the slave came from... The Hafton's village, which was on the other side of the mountain, and so Ilva immediately like, oh, we gotta send him back. There, we don't want any more trouble with them, any more problems. So already, there's it's established that those two villages are pretty much at odds, and we don't know why, but it's been stated that there's been multiple battles. So uh, we get a little bit more into the story, and we find out that Hafton ha is basically on the shores of. This no-name village, because we do not get a name of it, we just we just basically call it Taurus's village, his, his, his community. Uh, Hafton is at the shores of this village with a few of his army, basically. And and then Leif Erikson has a few of the of Taurus's village members, which there's quite a few of them. So that means that Taurus's village is bigger than we thought, because we only ever really see five-ish people at a time on screen. And I think we've seen like three houses in the village. So we, the size of the village, of Taurus's village, is kind of hard to comprehend because it's never directly shown. But when you see Leif Erikson and a bunch of the men of the village standing up to Hafton, which is who, who appeared at the shore with his army, um, there is a good like 20 men at least. And now if each of these 20 men, let's just say half of them are are actually the head of the household like the men the fathers and the other half are are sons you know like uh that are old enough to help their fathers fight uh or defend the village let's just assume that's and this is not counting tours because he was not there yet he was still in his house tending to the slave now that means that there are at least 11 households if we're going by that random number that i threw out that means that there are at least 11 households because I'm assuming that it's... Because we see in the village, it's a little hard. Life is hard in this village. The people are saying that if a serious winter comes, everyone might die. So it's a little hard to to survive, to live in this place. So that's why I'm going to base it. I'm going to say that at most, each household has like two children. I Because I, it's hard. It's hard out there. So that's why I'm basing it off of like... Um, like maximum or minimum, I think there's going to be 10 fathers... And one son per father, you know, and maybe a daughter here and there, but that is helping defend uh, and stand with their fathers. I think it's that's what I'm saying. Ten, it, for all we know, it could be twenty fathers uh, that are there with Leif Erikson, and and we just get that. But at minimum, there are eleven households, actually twelve, because if we count Leif Erikson, that's that makes that makes a ten plus Taurus plus uh, Leif Erikson, that's twelve. So at the minimum, I'd, I'd say we're looking at twelve households, at maximum twenty-two. On, and honestly, like, like I didn't count them, of course, but I, I think just like a rough number, I think we're looking at that. So it's not, it's a village. It's definitely a village. And so Hafton comes, and everybody's scared. They fought before. Uh, there's a little skirmish between one of Hafton's, basically, lapdogs and one of Taurus's villages. I want to say lapdog because it, it doesn't give off that vibe that Taurus is like a dictator. But Hafton is definitely a dictator. So there's a little skirmish, <clears throat> and Hafton, uh, he basically rips his lapdog's face in, in like into pieces uh because he say 
he said, I never told you to fight, basically. You must obey the law, or else we'll just be nothing better than, like, heretics. And so, eventually, if we're just skipping past all that, like, it's not that important, but we know that in this episode, Hafton is a strict ruler. He is, like, an iron-handed ruler of his village, and he will basically do whatever it takes to ensure the loyalty and uh, of, his, of his followers. And so... Uh, they skip a little bit forward. Torres is still with the slave, you know, warming him up, you know, getting his daughter and his wife to warm up his feet, warm up his hands, you know, stoke the fire so that it it's, keeps him warm. And then Hafton seems to just barge in and said, oh, I'm sorry for intruding, but I found my slave, said I want him back. And so Torres being... Like, we're getting the sense of that, that Taurus is, like, he really just wants peace. That's why he walked away from his from his life as, as a Viking, basically, as a warrior. And... Eventually, he offers him, he's saying, how many, uh, how much did you pay for the slave? And he said, I paid two sheep. Hafton says, that I paid two sheep. And so Tor is like, I'll pay you three. And he said, no, I have to take him, I have to take him back to the to my village and make an example of him for the other slaves. Because he ran away. He cut his chain and ran away. That's literally what he did. And so Tor says, well, uh, fine, I'll pay you four. And, he, and then, like, Hafton kind of, like, was amused. And he said, what if I say I want double that? Uh, uh, he said three, because first he offered him three years, like, under three years, like, like prime sheep, you know, like, they're barely at the beginning of their lives. They will be good for years to come if taken care of properly. And so he said, no, uh, he said, no, I need to take him back. Okay, fine, what if I offer you four? He said, and then Hafton told him, like, what if I want to ask for double that? And, he, and then Torres just said, I'll pay. Um, I'll pay whatever price you want. Uh, just, just take it. And so Hafton basically laughed at him and said, you're willing to part with that many sheep for a slave who's as good as dead. And he said, I don't care about it. Just pay. And then he walks. Hafton starts walking away. He said, fine, but I'm choosing the sheep. So obviously he's getting the best deal. And, and then later on it cuts to Ilva, uh, Torres' daughter, crying on top of a rock, which is a, is a makeshift tombstone, a makeshift grave, and she's crying, and, and Torfin seems like, why are you crying? Like, are you really sad? And Ilva said, yes, of course I'm sad. Um, we just gave uh, we just gave that guy eight sheep, and then, uh, we don't know his name, but the slave just literally died immediately right afterwards. So, so that's basically where it ends. Uh, uh, yeah, that's pretty much where it ends. Now, Alright, so that was a quick summary. Let's get into my thoughts on the episode. So, first things I think, first thing we're going to tackle is world building. Unfortunately, I am by myself, so I can't bounce ideas, and like maybe my, you know, somebody else saw something I didn't. So it's just going to be my thoughts, unfortunately, today. But, in terms of world building, alright, first, first let me just say this about the show itself. It is Viking-oriented. It's based in Viking lore and, and mythology. And so, as of right now, in episode one, we don't see anything about any powers, about any supernatural, anything. No, there's no powers. It's just a brute strength or agility, everything. There's no, oh, I can do a Kamehameha, I can do a Rasenga. Nope, not, none of that. No chakra, no, no key, no nothing. Nothing. It's just humans, basically. And... And I, I think a direct comparison to another anime in terms of, like, the vibe of the show, I guess it would be a little... <clears throat> as, of, as of episode one, of course. I haven't seen the rest of the season yet, but as of episode one, I, th I think I'd compare it more to... 
I think like a combination of Attack on Titan and Death Note in a way because it is, it is, it's like I said, uh, Death Note in the way that yes, it's supernatural, but they're still human technically, but it's, but like that seriousness, like, like, I don't, I wouldn't describe it, but it's just like, it's just like not that it's dark. I mean, yeah, the killing and stuff. There's blood and gore, but it's not that it's necessarily dark or horror or anything. It's just like, I guess it's like portraying the the I guess the daily struggles of Vikings is the best way I could describe it because it is dark sure but it's more like mid like the dark and and serious in the way that like we would think people in ancient times now uh, like would have to would have to deal with life like yeah they they have to fight and protect their village from opposing villages that want to take over so they have to step up and fight and and shed blood and they have and then they, if they're commanded to by the king, they go, or if there's a war going on, they go and fight in, in, in ships, in naval warfare, basically. Or they go to fight on land. Like, it's basically just a storytelling of Viking lives, basically. And I really like that. that. That's what I mean by, like, the serious and, like, dark tone of it is the best way I could describe it. It's, it's just Viking life. Basically, like yeah, there's laughing, yeah, yeah, Torfin and and the other kids are like amazed and laughing and like smiling when Lee Ferrickson is telling them a story, but the majority of it seems to be serious and and keeps you, keeps you like like wondering, okay, like like the tension is being built and like what's gonna happen next? Like is Hafton gonna attack the village or are Tors and Hafton gonna duke it out? Like like it's just that on edge feeling that you get. And the world building just adds to that because we are to immediately told like Vinland is the paradise for pretty much any warrior. Like if you want to get away from wars, from slave traders, uh, if you want to have like somewhat easy life, go to Vinland. Go make the journey. Go to Vinland. Uh, and then we're we're set up to the way that we're we're told that the re um, the reason why people because Leif Erikson told Torfin why they are why don't they just move like somewhere else why are they living so far up north because they're in Iceland uh, and trying their best to survive in these harsh winters and these harsh conditions and so Leif Erikson basically told them the story of why they're there in the first place which was that uh, Harold I believe he came in with his vast armies and like basically took over all the villages and the entire area, declared some ki king of Norway. He just, the first king of Norway. That, and so, and it's and it was said that he gave people an option, either obey under his rule or leave Norway. And so a lot of people didn't want to just, like just randomly, they were villages and now they're all of a sudden being taken over by a king. Like So a lot of people left and they made their way towards Norway. I mean, towards Iceland, and that's where they settled, and so, and so it's like this uneasy cast that, like, years ago, years, I'm assuming thousands of years ago, that they were, that they essentially ran away from, from Norway, and so Torfinn has, like, this, like, like, disconnect between what he believed and what is being told by Leif Erikson, because he runs away from that, from that discussion, calling Leif Erikson a liar, and a coward, and basically a twat, and he's a... And so Torfinn goes and asks his father, like, is it true? Did we run away? Because he's basically saying, like, my father, my father Tors, uh, is a great warrior, and so were our ancestors, and they would never run away. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. And it's like, so why are you lying to me, you old man? You, you know, like, like they are great warriors. They never run away. They're Vikings. And, and 
And so he, like, like that mental disconnect, that, that shock, like, why am I hearing this from you? Like, you're supposed to be, like, you're just telling tall tales. And so, if, like, towards the end of the episode, he goes and asks his father, like, did we really run away? And his father basically says, yes, yes, we did. Like, I am a great warrior, but our ancestors ran away and sought better, I guess, a better life where they could be free and not necessarily under anybody's rule. And so it's just like in the first episode already, of course, we're going to get more. But in the first episode, this world building is 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 insane because you know that these people are they're being not they're they're almost being oppressed by Hafton's village where Hafton is just trying to is trying his 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 hardest to, I guess, keep the law, I guess, it, like that's what he seems like. Um, Taurus is trying to lead this village into a peaceful existence. And, and so it's, it's, it's already like showing the dynamics of everybody and showing the dynamics because there was also a little clip of, of Torres's old comrade, the one, like the one that he was fighting with at the very beginning of the episode, who he was uh, showing that he was traveling somewhere with a bunch of people on his boat. And we don't know where, we can only assume it's towards Iceland, uh, and you know, like towards that area to find tours and half or whatever like we can only assume but uh we're we're told that they were oppressed and they were taken over like like by harold by king harold i guess the first king uh we're told that like that this this world they live in is by their choice but not by their choice if that makes sense as in as in like we were forced to leave like we, we were forced to make a to make a decision and we chose like like we were forcibly took took taken over but we chose to leave and live here like like and and that's all all part of the world building that's all making for an interesting story an interesting character and everything because in the intro we see Torfin like getting older like Seems like to, he seems like a teenager, like, like that's where this main story is going to take place, with Torfin as a teenager, because it's showing Torfin, like, it shows the happy-go-lucky Torfin as, as, like, what, a 10-year-old or whatever? But then, um, but like I said, his father was murdered, so it's, it's showing his little progression through, like, like, cuts and stuff, where he's a happy-go-lucky kid, he's smiling, and then he's older, uh, a little bit taller, and his smile is just, like, neutral, but then, like, as he's older, he's getting angry and angry and angry, and that's when he, like, attacks, like... Like, we're, we're shown glimpses of, I'm going to say Torfin is 15, like, where the main story is going to take place. Like I said, I don't know at this first episode, but we're shown glimpses of, of, like, how he, like, I guess, I guess dove into despair. Not necessarily dove, but, like, how he was thrust into despair, into anger, into rage, into wanting revenge for his father. And, and this is only his first episode, but the world building, I think, is is, uh, I wouldn't say, it's definitely, like, top-notch for me, like, I haven't seen that many anime, I've, I've, you know, I'm a fan of movies, TV shows, uh, anime TV shows, anime movies, like, I'm a fan of just anything that'll catch my attention, but I, I am definitely not as well-versed as other people might be, but from what I've seen, it's definitely top-notch, it definitely, it definitely makes you, like, aware of what's going on, so you don't have to guess, it's like, okay, why, um, Okay, why are, uh, is Hafton uh, and Taurus, like, why are they feuding? Oh, because Hafton is is basically a tyrant, and Taurus, like, it's never stated, 
but it's just shown through the actions that, yeah, Hafton is a tyrant, Torres is, for the most part, peaceful. He sacrificed his family's well-being, like, maybe not completely, but because they had cows and everything, but at least a little bit, to help the slave who he doesn't even know the name of. And so, like, you get the sense of who these people are, their characters, just because of the world building. So that's why I would say it's definitely, maybe not the best, I can't think of anything better at the moment, but definitely, like, up there. And, alright, so we talked about the world building and that kind of the story setup as, as well, I already mentioned that. Basically, uh, we're getting, we're, we're leading up to the point where Taurus will be murdered and Torfin is gonna go be thrust into despair and want revenge. And he's gonna be training because it's shown that Torfin is really good at fighting. Like, not the best, of course, not like his father, uh, maybe. I, like I said, I don't know. But he's definitely, he's definitely, like, up there. Like, definitely, definitely well enough to handle himself on a boat, if that makes sense. We, they were showing a clip of him, like, uh, polishing his knife and his dagger. So he's definitely up there. And the way that the antagonist was set up was, was just perfect, because it was the perfect way to display at least the antagonist of the episode, Hafton. It was shown to display his character and... And as well as Torres' character, how, how how kind he is, how how compassionate, you know, he's trying to save this person. He bought this person to save them from this life of misery. Um, even though he was practically dead, like, I'm sure Torres knew that he was on death's door, but he still did this for, for the slave. He still wanted to give him that, that final thought of, of Vinland. He still wanted to to give him that final peace without having to worry about, I'm going to be killed in front of my friends and family at the other village and stuff. And it's it did a great way of 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 building up Torres' character and Hafton and showing why they are feuding, why they are at odds with each other, without stating anything, without like without like a narr a narrator or um, like like basically uh, information feeding us, you know, like like it just instead of saying it, it shows it, and I really like that. And of course, we talked about the conflict. Like the main conflict of this, there wasn't any like. I, I, I would say the main conflict of this did not come from that two, three, four minutes of the at the beginning of the episode where they were fighting a naval battle. I wouldn't say that was the main conflict. The main conflict today was definitely was definitely Torfin like coming to realization that yes, we my father is a great warrior. He is the I, it's never stated that he's a chief, but like you kind of get that feeling. Like he is a chief. He is a great warrior. Uh, he is my father. Like like he's definitely like, like the two main conflicts I would say is Torfin coming to realization that. Yes, my father is all of this, but we still had to run away, and we were still basically exiled, and we're living here by choice, but not by choice. As well as the conflict uh, that the slave uh, creates, which is that uh, shown between Hafton and Tours. So, overall, uh, like we overall we get us we we get we know a lot now of the story of the world. Without having to be spoon-fed the information. Oh yeah, that's Hafton. Um, he's the chief of the older religion. He's so strict. He kills people just for fun. No, we weren't shown that. We weren't shown that he's violent. We, I mean, we weren't told that. We were shown that. And like I said, it does a great way of def of of wrapping it all up. Now, so what this what this episode of the first episode of this show did right. I definitely the world building and the way it set everything up. That's definitely. One thing that it did right. In terms of what it did wrong, honestly, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I I, re I really don't think I'd be able to tell you 
because it was just like it's the first episode, so you can't really judge it on anything just yet because um because once again it did a great way of like all the information we need to know right now, you know, who Tors is, uh and his character, Torfin, the the family, the village. Like it did a great way of showing all of that. So I really like all the information we need to know for episode one, maybe even episode two, like I haven't seen that one yet, but maybe even episode two, it definitely did all the exposition all the all the character introductions, all of that, I did it right, and I really don't think I can say anything wrong that the the episode and the show did anything wrong yet. Like maybe, maybe perhaps some of the pacing, but even then, I feel like that just adds to to the the building of the show. The like, because like Vikings when they're not in battle, like for the most part, like, they're going on merry, like, you kind of would think of, like, drinking rum and everything, um, but we're shown that Taurus is looking for a peaceful existence, so you can't even say that the, that the pace is weird about the show or slow, because that's what Taurus is after, so I really can't say that the show did anything wrong, (sighs) honestly, so, okay, so, quick rating, so far, honestly, I think, honestly, from what I've seen, I think like eight and a half to a nine. I'm gonna go with the nine. Be a little bit generous, but I definitely think it's done very well so far. Like that, this is the first episode, so it's just a nine for the episode, not for the show. But if if you're into into like like action and like drama, because it, it does involve drama in a, in a way, you know. Like, um, I definitely think it do, it does it very well, and I would definitely advise you go to, uh, or recommend for you to watch it now. Remember. As of right now, it's in subs only, no dub, so you gotta be willing to, I guess, not not suffer through it, but you gotta be willing to deal with that and be okay with that. But it's definitely, definitely worth a watch. I would definitely, I would definitely give it a watch. <sighs> All right, so that was the first episode of Chat with Coinu. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back. I don't know, maybe next week, <laughs> whenever I can get this done, pumped out uh, for the next one. Bye, guys.